0: Team, Amen. Amen. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12. Let me ask you, while you're turning there, has anybody got any Gatorade this morning? I just wanted to make sure that uh, if, uh, if I see somebody running up here, one of these ushers, stop them. <laughs> had a little fun, somebody had some fun on the internet last night, about... If the pastor makes a good point, you know you pour Gatorade on the coach you know of the winning team to bring Gatorade and pour it on his head so uh, anyway, we'll see how good our ushers are <laughs> I want to uh, I want to talk to you this morning on, on, on this thought: stay in the game and run with the ball now probably in my opinion this is this is probably going to be the uh the, uh, the most important sermon you're going to hear this year. Now, don't laugh at my little balls. I couldn't find those, those big Nerf balls because when I throw one of these, maybe if I get excited anyway, may have to hit one of those per- persons with the Gatorade, but you know, I didn't want it to hurt you or anything. But probably this is, this is my most important message that I, that I believe that I'll preach this year. It's not because the way I preach it or the style that I preach it. It's the message that's going to be in in this sermon. If you can listen this morning, if you apply all these things to our heart, and to your heart, I promise you the Lord will bless you and He'll keep you. He'll keep you moving forward. You won't be going backwards. How many? Let's be honest with ourselves. How many, and I'm going to be the first to raise my hand, how many have you ever felt like in your Christian experience that you've ever went backwards, trying to go forward, but you went backwards? Every one of us probably, if we're honest with ourselves, every one of us probably has, has taken a step back, maybe not meaning to, Maybe because we slip with a temptation or whatever the case may be. You know, the enemy has come in and he's, he's tried to tried to just steer us off the wrong path, so to speak. Try to get us out of the game, of a spiritual game. That's what I'm talking about. This scripture here in, uh, in, in Hebrews is a very familiar scripture, but I want you to listen to it. Hebrews chapter 12, verse, verse 1 through 3. The Bible says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses... Let us, everybody say let us. let us. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Understand, the scripture here says you've got a race that's set before you. You didn't set it, but Jesus set it for you. You have a life, you have a walk that you have to, you have to run, you have to walk. The game of life, so to speak, you have to play in. Let us lay aside every weight. Let us lay aside every sin which so easily ensnares us. Verse 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3 says, For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Consider Him. Consider Him who became weary. Consider Him for all the things that He has went through for our souls so that we can endure the race that is set before us. How many of you would believe me when I say that when you were born, you were born, you were created to worship the Father? I don't know a lot about your background. I, you know, Some of you I do, but some of you I don't know where you come from in that sense. But wherever that was, no matter if it's good or bad, you were created to worship your Creator. God the Father, amen. Nowhere in Scripture are we promised that this Christian walk is going to be easy, is it? Matter of fact, in John thirteen or 16 and 33 it tells us that these things I have spoken to you, that in me you'll have peace, in the world you'll have tribulation. But it says, be of good cheer. In this world, you're going to have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Amen. Difficulties will come and trials will come. And it will come across our paths. and, And many times we'll be tempted to quit on God. And we'll drop out of the race, if you will. Or we'll drop out of the game of life. And that seems to be the idea here when you look at this book of Hebrews. These Christians here were enduring a terrible time of trial and and persecution. And and the writer here is attempting to encourage these these weary uh, players of the game, if you will, in this this book here. Hurting believers to be faithful to the Lord and continue to run their race no matter what comes your way. Just continue to run the race that is set before you. Sort of sounds like us, isn't it? And I believe with all of my heart the Lord is encouraging us today that that no matter what comes our way, He wants to encourage us today to simply run the race that is set before us. Can simply continue to stay in the game. Don't get out of the game. Don't sit on the bench. Continue to play the game of life. Continue to play the spiritual game that we're walking in, in in, in Jesus Christ. Amen. Don't get out of the, the game. Continue. To stay in the game. The author of Hebrews here is comparing the Christian life to a race. I want you to notice that he's not talking about a 100-yard dash, but this, the, he, he's, he's referring to a marathon. He wants you to stay in this thing. It's a race that's going to require endurance. It's a race that's going to require even some preparation on your behalf. Today, I know... And I think I can say this, and maybe you can say this too. How many of you feel like that you're in in good enough shape to run a marathon this morning? 26-mile marathon. Ralph, I know that I'm not ready. I don't even know if I can make a 2.6 marathon. I might can make 2.6 meters or something. I don't know. I don't even know how much that is. But anyway, I'm not ready. I'm I'm not in shape to do that. We're no physical shape to run that marathon, but I can be, and you can be in the kind of spiritual shape that it takes to run the marathon of the Christian life. You can be this morning. Amen. In a day where runners and players seem to be dropping out of the race on every hand, there are times when it's easy to be discouraged about your race. Now, don't don't lose me, church, this morning. Don't, Don't get your mind on tonight. Tonight I come. Football will come. All those kind of things of important things that you've got to do, fellas. But stay right here with me. Don't lose what I'm saying to you this morning because I promise you, if you'll listen to me, I promise you, you'll make it tomorrow. You'll make it the next day. I don't know what maybe you may be facing today, but I know this. These things that's revealed in these verses is going to help us as runners who are pleasing to the Lord. Somebody that's wanting to stay in the game and please the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. My goal this morning is that when we reach the end of this race, that we can be just like the Apostle Paul when he said, I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. I have finished my course. I have kept my faith. I've kept my faith. I've kept it. I've kept it. Hear me today. So many people that I know, so many people in the Christian walk today is losing their faith. So many television evangelists, if you will, big name speakers, if you will. You see things and articles on them all the time that they're changing their belief on this or changing their thought on this that goes totally against what the Word of God says. The Apostle Paul, he said, I fought a good fight. And sometimes it is a fight. Sometimes this life that we're living is a fight. This Christian walk that I'm walking is a fight. This game of a a Christian life that I live is a fight sometimes. It's a fight, but he said, I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course. The most important thing I think he could have said here is I've kept the faith. I've done it. I've struggled, and I've been here, and I've been there, and I don't have time to go back and talk about all the trials that the Apostle Paul went through, but he went through some stuff, but I have kept the faith. I want you to consider a few things this morning. From this scripture, I want you, number one, I want you to consider the saints. We'll call them the players today. Consider the players. As the author begins this chapter, he draws our attention back to, the, back to chapter 11 where he mentioned many of the great heroes of the faith. These people, the Bible says, have become this great cloud of witnesses that surrounds us as we run this race that we've been given. And I want you to think of them as crowd, a crowd in the stands, if you will, cheering on their favorite team. Three truths about these witnesses that will encourage us. As a matter of fact, yesterday, I had the privilege of laying to rest an 88-year-old a player in the game, if you will, Miss Hazel Meeks, who, who have fought hard, who, has, who fought that love life, who is sister Sister uh, Betty Cunningham's mom, that she was a child of God. But, but, but yesterday, she's become part of that great cloud of witnesses for you and I. Some of you know of loved ones and family members that has gone on to the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't think of them in a sad sense that, you're, that, that they're not, not nowhere, but they're, they're part of that great cloud of witnesses this morning that's cheering us on, that's saying, Hey, pastor, you can make it. Hey, church member, you can make it today. I want to see you. Come on yeah. to go with me. Amen. Don't lose the game. Don't get out of the game. Some things we've got to consider about these players here. One thing is this, they have already run their race. They've run their race. What are you saying, Pastor? These are people that didn't give up. They didn't run perfectly, but they ran. Amen. They did not quit until the race was finished they endured unspeakable pain sometimes and they endured suffering but they still ran these are those who have played in other Super Bowls if you will and either won or lost the game but the point is that they played hard and they fought down to the last second and now this morning they're seated in the grand stands of heaven to observe the game and the race that you and I are in and in doing so they stand as an encouragement for us today they stand as our cheering section today they stand and saying, hey, child of God, you can make it. Amen. Yeah. You can make it. Stay in the game. Stay in the game. If these people could run their race, don't you understand that you and I can do the same thing? We can do the same thing. None of these were, were extraordinary people. If you look in the scriptures, being like Elijah and Moses and Abraham and Peter and James and John and other biblical characters, even people that I know in this church. There were common men and common women who evidently found a profound faith In Almighty God. And if they could live for the Lord and serve the Lord, then you and I can do the same thing today. You and I can do the same thing today in the name of Jesus Christ. They've run their race and we've got them to look look forward to meeting and being reunited with. The second thing is this they've received their reward. They've received their reward. This afternoon when that game is played, that Super Bowl game, and whoever it is, the Panthers or Broncos or whoever, whoever wins this game, they're going to get this big Super Bowl ring. Well, we're going to get a ring too. Hallelujah. These people ran their race, and now they're, they're going to be able to rest in the Father's presence. Because they ran well, they received their reward. I don't know about you. Their prize, the prize is theirs because they ran and ran well. I don't know, but I'm just anxious, Brother Range, to so hear him say, Well done! Hallelujah. Thou good and faithful servant, come on up here. Well done. You fought a good fight. You've kept the faith. Come on and enjoy the pleasures that I've prepared for you. Amen. What bothers me a little bit in today, in our culture today, is that we've listened to messages like this, and we've read those scriptures, Sister Pam, so many times, and we've listened to preachers preach the message that it doesn't intrigue us anymore. It doesn't excite us anymore. It's just something that we hear. We believe, that's going to, we, we believe what the Lord says. We believe the Scriptures. But, but our motivation and our attitude is sometimes we're not excited enough. In my opinion anyway. Because the reward that we're going to be receiving... We love tangible things. We love to put our hands on these material things. But understand material things on this life is going to rust, it's going to rot, it's going to decay. But the things that you're working for over there, it's not going to rust. It's not going to decay. It's going to be a spiritual reward that's going to stay with you forever and forever and forever and forever. Amen. They've received their reward. We have yet to receive our reward. Amen. But when they win and receive their reward, they've revealed that God is a reliable God. Amen. Some of the greatest encouragements that we can derive from these these people that, that we know that's gone on before us is the fact that they are proof positive in the reliability of the Lord. He's there for us if God took care of them, if God honored their faith, if God sustained them, if God kept them, if God used them, if God blessed them, if God got, their, got glory when, 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 they, when they were working for him, can I tell you, he'll do the same thing for you and I today. Amen. Amen. Do the same thing for you and I. He gets glory when we worship him. He gets glory when we minister to others that's coming around us. Even when the Bible calls them witnesses, it it doesn't necessarily mean that they're watching every move that we make. Understand that, although that may be the case. But what it does mean is that they are witnesses to the faithfulness of Almighty God. What it means is that if they ran their race, so can you and I run our race. And since God is no respecter of persons, He'll be with you just as He was with Moses, just as He was with Abraham, just as He was with David, just as He was with any other name you want to put there of the great heroes of faith. God today is absolutely dependable, amen. You can depend upon him. You can depend upon the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Hallelujah. I don't want to get personal here too much. But there's days that I've had, Brother Rains, to be honest with you, that's just been sort of low days. There's days where I feel like I don't want to put one foot in front of the other. There's days that I feel like I don't want to get out of the house. Have you ever been there? But I found myself in moments like that, Brother Sam, I can think of somebody that I know. It may have been a biblical character. It may have been somebody in this church that has gone on before us. It could have been somebody that I put high esteem in and great respect. And because of their life, listen to me, because of their life, it helps me to move forward. Because of their walk with God, it helps me to move forward and be encouraged in Him and know that if they can make it, I can make it too. If they can make it, I can make it too. If they can get there with all the stuff that they've went through. Yesterday I was reading, they give me, uh, Sister Betty gave me a list of things that her mom had uh, problems that she had, this lady. She had a lot of problems growing up. I mean, she had, she had broken bones and she had, she had cancer two or three times and, and she died, Sister Sue, they said three times one day, one at home and twice at, at the Blytheville Hospital. I mean, this and it went on, I mean, it was two pages full. But they said she still had a smile on her face when she, when she breathed her last breath. Hallelujah. She still wanted to live. She still wanted to be around her family. She still wanted to be around her grandkids. She still loved life and enjoyed life. But if she wasn't living here, the apostle Paul said to be absent of the body is to be present with the Lord. And today, can I tell you, that old wretched body that she had is no longer wretched today. She's got a new glorified body today. And it's people like her and others that I know that Sort of encourages me that, hey, Danny, you can make it. You can make it knowing that, that they're there. You can make it. So we have to consider the saints, consider the players. The second thing I think we've got to notice in this scripture, we've got to consider ourselves. We've got to consider ourselves. And here's the thing I want you to understand you've got to make proper preparations. You've got to make proper preparations. When there is a game like the Super Bowl tonight that's going to be played, I promise you they've made preparation, both teams. They've practiced more. They've studied plays more. They even may have some secret plays that they're going to pull out tonight. I don't know. But they've, they've put the work, they've put the effort into playing the game. This ain't in my notes. But let me stop here long enough to just tell you this. If you think for one minute, that you can make heaven your home just by doing nothing. You're wrong. Well, pastor, I thought all you're supposed to do is just ask him into your heart. That's right. But there's preparations that's got to be given. There's some things I've got to change in my life, right? There's some things I've got to start doing different. I gotta, I've got to work at my relationship with the Lord. I've got to do some things. I've got to strive to do what God has called me to do, right? We've got to do some things. We've got to do some things. So this, so this team, we've got to make this, this preparation. The coach and the coaching staff, they all made the necessary preparations. The same is true with you and I as well. We will never reach our fullest potential for the Lord until you and I are willing to make the preparations and sacrifices that's necessary for running the game, running the play, running the race. We've got to make the necessary preparations. Really, when you think about it, this is not only in a spiritual sense, but your life as well. If you just do that, you'll have a better life. I promise you. The first thing Apostle Paul told us, he said, first thing you've got to do is got to lay aside every weight. Look at your neighbor and say, get it off. Now, we're not talking about this kind of weight. Not necessarily right now. But get it off. Get it off. First to a runner. It's making sure that all the extra weights have been, have been removed from his body. You've heard me tell this before, but when I was in school, I used to run track. I wasn't too bad. I was a little still short, a little, little short fella, but I was, I was pretty quick. Sue was a little short guy. My little short leg could carry me fast. But when dad pastored in Mount Olive and I run track, Keith, Daddy didn't want me to wear shorts. Just something he grew up with. Didn't want me to wear shorts. He wanted me to wear those thick sweatpants. Those thick sweatshirts. You can't run a 100-yard dash in sweatpants. Now, all he'd done growing up was run out in the field. He didn't run on no track, so he may not have knew that. So I'm going to let him be all right with that. We'll forgive him. Now, I'm not proud of this, but I found myself sneaking out of the house with shorts underneath those thick sweatpants. And when I got to the track meet, and that big track, I shed my pants, hoping that Daddy wouldn't show up and watch me. Because you could run better in shorts than you could those thick sweatpants. Why is that, Pastor? Because you'd get hot, you'd get sweaty, they'd get heavy, they would weigh you down. Your legs start feeling like there was weights all over you. You couldn't run. But when you shed that, man, you was free to just get with it. And sometimes I'd win, and sometimes I wouldn't win. But I promise you this, I would never win wearing those sweatpants lay aside all those weights. It, listen to me. It speaks of things that are maybe innocent and in of themselves. Listen to me, church. But when they slow you down for the Christian race, listen, They are weights that has to go. You've got to get rid of them. A list of these things. They could be all kinds of things, but some is maybe this for you. Seeking entertainment instead of fellowshipping and communing with God. Seeking possessions and the things of, of this world instead of seeking after God. Giving our attention to things like music and television and shows and movies and all these things. And you simply do not have time to focus your mind upon Christ because it's so full of all this other stuff. These things are not necessarily wrong. Understand that but we don't have time to focus upon God when we fill our hearts and fill our mind full of this other stuff. Some, there's got to be a balance there. The Lord has to be number one in your life, amen? He needs to be number one in your life. As Paul says, you've got to lay aside these weights. You, gotta, you, 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 gotta, you, you, gotta, you can't build yourself up. You can't make yourself stronger in the Lord if you're going to keep putting on that heavy weight stuff that may not necessarily be bad in itself, but it's hindering you from the presence of God. Of Almighty God. It's a weight. It's a hindrance. Next thing Paul says. You got to lay aside all these sins. You got to lay aside all this stuff. The author encourages us to to get rid of these. What he calls besetting sins. What that refers to is. Those things that cling to us. Those things that distract us. Those things that entangles us. Those things that trip us up. From time to time. We've got to get rid of those besetting sins. Again, it gives you a picture of this guy or this lady, whatever, running the race. and, And they've got this long flowing robe on of the day. It would be easy for them to get tripped up and all fall out of the race during that moment. They've got to get off the stuff that's going to be so easily besetting them. So easily besetting them. Romans 6 and 12 says, Therefore do not let sin reign in your body, that you should obey it in its lust. So we've got to lay aside all, all these sins. The, second, the third thing we've got to do, we've got to run with patience. Everybody say patience. We've got to run with patience, this race that's set before us. Now I'm going to let that sink in just a little bit. You think about your life. You think about your walk. You think about your patience. Your patient level, if you will. What does it take for you to lose your patience? What would have to happen to you if you didn't get to do your thing. And you'd lose your patience. You'd lose those things. You've heard me confess this before, so this is not a new confession. Sometimes when I'm behind the steering wheel, those cars cut me off. Those cars that doesn't know how to drive. Every one of them, they don't know how to drive. You know, I don't know how they got their license, but they just don't know how to drive. That's my thinking anyway. Mike, they pull in front of me or they do something stupid in front of me. I, sometimes, sometimes I lose my patience. Now, I've never lost it enough to get on the horn. Karen's riding with me sometimes and I'll get to fussing. Why would they do that? They saw me sitting here. Didn't they see that? Why were they there? She said, boy, you're bad in the car. Why can't you get out and tell them that outside the car? You're bad in the car. <laughs> I am bad in the car. Bad to the bone <laughs> probably most of the time because i 'm scared to get out because they 're bigger than I am,, <laughs> but we 'll lose our patience, but Paul says you 've got to run with patience here it is here 's this picture here of this runner he 's settling in for the long haul, so to speak he He loves the long haul it 's not, not a picture of of sitting back and, and waiting to see. <clears throat> what's going to come our way, all that kind of thing. It's an, it's an active word. It speaks of a person who has a spirit in him, who has a spirit in her that stands up and faces the trials of life. He goes forth. He runs even in trouble. He runs at trouble. He just knows I'm here to run. I'm here to make the go. Nothing's going to hinder me. Nothing's going to get in my path. And if it does, I'm going to run through him if I have to. I'm going to run with patience. Romans says we know that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and to those who are called according to His purpose. Understand the wording here, that race that is set before us. Every one of us has a race to run this morning. The challenge is us, is we've got to remember some things. We've got to carry the ball. We've got to be in the race. We've got to carry the ball. My question to you, are you ready to stay in the game this this morning are you ready to run with the ball this morning are you ready to do what's necessary in order to run the race that you're living in and you're walking in and you're playing in this morning how many is ready to do that boy that's weak are you ready is this is this group over here are you ready to run the race let's see look at there wanda she's ready to run the race how about how do anybody over here are you ready to run the race amen uh-oh Somebody's not ready to run the race right there. How about over here? Is anybody over here ready to run the race? Anybody up in the balcony? I don't know if I can get it up there. (laughs) Run the race. Are Are we ready to run the race of life? Are we ready to do the things that's necessary to run the race of life? If you'll notice on those little footballs, it simply says stay in the game. Listen to me, church. Stay in the game. What you're doing. What you're doing today is so vital. What you're doing today is so vital. Think with me just a little bit. Think with me just a little bit. What if? Let's just play this little game. What if? What if, Sister Marilyn, I was not brought up in church? What if I was not taught the way mom and dad taught me? What if that when the gospel was presented to me that I rejected the gospel of Jesus Christ? What if if those things, where would my family be today? Where would my children be today? What if that your mom and dad, when they taught you right and wrong, what if you didn't listen to anything they had to say, and you just lived a rebellious life, and you brought up your children to live rebellious? Where, where would your family be today? Say, Pastor, what are you talking about? That, that's not, I know it's not you. Thank God it's not you, but what if? See, there's a lot of other people that don't have that story. There's a lot of other people that don't have the story maybe that you have and the blessings that come your way. I'm thankful this morning. I am. I'm thankful I'm not in jail this morning. I'm thankful that I know where I'm headed this morning. Amen. I'm thankful to know that I know that my name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life this morning. How about you? You say, Pastor, I don't know if my name is written down there. Well, you're in the right place to change it today. So the question is, why, why are we not getting in the game? Why, why are we not changing some things in our life in order to live for Jesus Christ? Amen. We've walked down this path long enough. We've done the wrong thing long enough. It's time for us to change and get off the bench and get in the game of life. Amen. It's time for us to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I don't talk a whole lot about this. Maybe I should talk about it a little more. But let's just say, what if? What if Jesus would call us home at 3 o'clock this afternoon? What if we would hear him say, come up hither? What if we would hear the trumpet sound and those of us that are born again would come and you are left? What if? What if you could not make heaven your home but you ended up in hell where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth? What if that place that the enemy has prepared for all the demons? What if you had to be there for the rest of your life? Oh, pastor, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to die and that'll be the end of it. Uh Uh-uh, honey. That's not the end of it. There's going to be a place that you're going to live. There's going to be heaven or hell. One or the other. You make the choice. And you have a decision to make. You have a decision. What what are we going to do? I've got to carry the ball. Understand, I'm not in competition with you. And you're not in competition. We're on the same team. We're on the same team. My job is not necessarily to outrun you. My job and your job is simply to run for Him. Amen. To run for Jesus Christ. But our game... This game has been individually designed for every one of us. See, my game is different than Sister Parker's. Sister Parker's is different than, than Carol's. Carol's is different than... than, than, than it, it, it's, a different, it, it's been individually designed for us. God is, has prepared the walk for us. He's prepared the race for us. Paul says, look, that's the case, but when you go and you run this race, you better guard your priorities. You better guard your life. Verse 2 tells us, it says, when we do this, he said, I want you to look unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. What does that mean, Pastor? Plainly put, that simply means we've got to keep our eyes upon him. You know one of the things they told us when we was running track, when we were especially doing those 100-yard dashes and all those kind of things, you'd get out in the stance, and you'd, they'd, they'd you know, pull that trigger and you'd take off. One of the things my coach always says, he says, do not look to the left or the right, you keep your eye on the, on the finish line. He said, don't look at the person on your left. Don't look at the person on your right if they're coming up and they're trying to catch you. Don't look at them. You just keep your eyes going forward. Keep your eyes looking forward. Keep your eyes on the prize. And you and I, we're the same way today. If we're not careful, we get our eyes on this one over here and this one over there and that one over there and what this world's problem is. And all of these things, we lose out on our focus to where we're actually headed. We're trying to make heaven our home, right? But the scripture says we've got to keep our eyes. Keep our eyes on the prize. Don't, 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 don't. uh, You've got to guard the priorities. Our eyes, we've got to be, our eyes keep on the one who started this race, the goal. We've got to consider the saints. We've got to consider the players. We've got to consider yourself. And the last, last thing is this this morning, church. We've got to consider the Savior. Consider the Savior. When we run this race, we look to Jesus. The author goes on to tell us about several things about this race that we need to look to to help us. Talks about considering the race, said, you know, his talking about Jesus, his race was a hard race when you think when you think about it. It began in poverty, it ended up with pain on the cross, in on the cross. He his was a race that led him around a, a road lined with hatred and bitterness and opposition. And a desire to see him dead. His race was a race that set a perfect example of how a race should be run. His race was a race in which we, he has never faltered. He never lost sight of the goal. And he never quit running until the goal had been achieved. He knew what his purpose was. His purpose was for you. His purpose was for me. His purpose is so that one day that we too could be around the throne of Jesus Christ. Amen. That was his goal. Amen. And when you feel like quitting today, just look to Jesus and consider the race. He ran for you and me. And then get the ball in your hand and run, Forrest, run. Just run. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Just simply run. Just simply run. Move forward for Jesus Christ. We've got to consider the race. Second thing is this. We've got to consider his reasons. The Bible tells us that he ran because of the joy that was set before him. For the joy that was set before him. Now, some of you need to do this anyway. But just look to your neighbor and just smile at them real big. Show your teeth. Show your teeth. Hopefully you brushed your teeth this morning. So show your teeth. Some of you sitting here this morning. and You're a child of God. Hey, wake up. You're a child of God. You have the joy of the Lord this morning. Amen. You've got a reason to rejoice this morning. Hallelujah. We've got to consider his race that it was that joy that was set before him. Where, 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 let me ask you a second, Where is the joy in going to the cross? Where is that joy? I don't know that I'd have that joy, but he had it. Where is the joy in dying like a common criminal? Where is the joy in being rejected by people that you love? For Jesus, the joy was in what would happen when he finished the race. He looked beyond the trials. He looked beyond the cross, and he understood the finish line. For him, the joy was the day of redemption that would bring about several different things. But one of it would bring about this. It would bring salvation to everybody that would believe upon him. It was going to be a day that that would be in heaven with all the redeemed of the ages, day when he would reclaim glory that he shared with the Father from eternity past. The day where there would be a new heaven and a new earth where all the redeemed would be worshiping the Father. The day when salvation would ultimately be completed. Sin forevermore destroyed. Hallelujah. Satan forevermore banished with perfect righteousness would rule every heart. That's why Jesus ran. It was not because of the cross. It was not because of the suffering. It was because of what would take place at the very end when he got up hallelujah hallelujah when he got up everything was complete when he went to his father everything was complete when he went to heaven and he took the blood that he shed and he poured it on the mercy seat can i tell you it's still running today it's still alive today it's still vibrant today it's still fresh today it still can meet every need in your life today hallelujah 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 That's why he run. He was able to look past the cross. He was able to despise the shame. He was able to think beyond everything. He would be called to his face. He was able to see you. He was able to see you. We are what motivated. Listen to me right now, right real quick. We, you, we are what motivated him to do what he done. Well, I pray that soaks into your heart. You are what motivated him to do what he done. If you were the only one on planet Earth, he'd have done the same thing. You are what motivated him to go to the cross. You are what motivated him to take the thorns upon his head. You are what motivated him to take the stripes upon his back. You are what motivated him to lay his life down on that old whipping post, Brother Sam. And they said he was beat beyond even recognition. You were what motivated him. And yet we treat him sometimes like a common criminal, so to speak. We treat him sometimes like a family member that's been outcast. But you are what motivated him to do what he done. He loves you that much. Amen. He loves you that much. He loves you that much. We got to get to the place but we're able to look beyond situations, look beyond circumstances, look beyond all of those things that, that, we're in, that we're involved in each and every day. And we've got to be able to sing that old song, Oh, what a day that will be when my Savior's face will see. Glory to God. That, 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 ought, that ought to give us a, a second wind, so to speak, when, when we, 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 sort of we can run that race with patience that the Lord told us in His Word. Run the race with patience. He ran well. He finished well. He sat down with the Father on his throne. Jesus knew where he was headed. That made it a little easier for him. I'm not headed to the cross. That's not my final destination. I'm not headed to the tomb. That's not my final destination. My final destination is I'm sitting at the right hand of the Father making intercession for his people today. Hallelujah. Consider. Consider these things. Consider this thing. This, 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 this guy called Jesus. He was born to an unwed mother. His life didn't start out too wet, too good. Think about it in Matthew 1 and 18. He was born in a stable. He was born to poor parents. His life was threatened as a baby. His birth was the cause of terrible suffering. He was moved as a baby. He was raised in a despicable town. His father died when he was young. He had to support his family. He had no home and no place to lay his head. He was hated and opposed by others. He was charged with insanity. He was charged with demon possession. He opposed by his family. He was rejected. He was hated. He was opposed by the audience who came to listen to him speak. He was betrayed by his closest friend he was left alone he was rejected he was forsaken by all of his friends he was tried before a high court of the land with, with tried with high treason he was executed as a common criminal and i could go on and on this guy called jesus let me ask you a question have any have any, have any of you suffered like that we think we suffer but we really hadn't suffered like that musicians if you will come that's why we're told to compare our sufferings With His when we feel like giving up. Compare our sufferings with His when we feel like giving up. He endured it to the end so that we might be saved. He he stands as our example. That's why the scripture says, Therefore, let us run with patience. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. I I don't mean to... To make anybody angry this morning, I really don't. But if I'm stepping on your toes a little bit, I am glad about that. Paul says, let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Let us run that race that is set before us. Understand, Jesus, He's already been around the track. He knows about it. He's already run up and down the field. He knows about it already. And when I feel like that I'm suffering and I feel like things is not going my way, I need to look to Him who's the author and the finisher of my faith. Let me challenge you to get your eyes back on Jesus. Stop looking at the other players. Stop looking at the other runners. Stop looking at the circumstances through which you're running. Look to Him today and get rid of those weights. Strip off the besetting sins and make up your mind to run. Make up your mind to run. Make up your mind to stay in the game. Make up your mind, I'm going to get the ball. I'm going to stay in the game. I'm going to run with the ball. I'm moving forward. I'm not going backwards anymore. Amen. I'm moving forward. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to back down. I'm going to, run toward the G- I'm going to run toward Jesus. I'm going to run the opposite way from the enemy. I'm going to run toward the Father. I'm going to run toward the Son. I'm going to run toward the prize of the high calling. I'm simply going to run. Amen. Some of y'all may need to listen to this right here. Some of you. Some of you. There's things going on in your life right now that you need to turn your back on and you need to really run from them. Because they're going to destroy you if you're not careful. You've been playing with that besetting sin. You've been playing with that thing long enough. And it's destroying you. And sometimes you can't even you don't even recognize it. But you need to turn your back and you need to run. You need to run into Jesus, who's the author. Run into Him who has the answer for your problem. Run to Him who has the, who has everything laid out for you. If you'll just listen to Him. Stay in the game. Don't get out of the game. Pastor... I've been thinking about giving up. I've been thinking about just throwing my hands up and saying, I'm done. I've tried and I've worked and I've done everything I know to do. No, you haven't. You've not done everything. Trust in Him. Trust in Him. Lean upon Him. But you don't know all the things that I've gone through. I don't have to. Run to Him. Run to Him. Pastor, you don't know all the problems and trials that i've had to endure in my life no i don't but run to him run to him he told us in his word there's going to be trials in our life there's going to be temptations there's those things is going to come but he says don't don't worry don't fret about it i've overcome the world hallelujah in other words i've been there i've done that i've i've overcome the world and if you get that way look to me look to me it's always amazing to me as far as couples, and you know, you, couples, you'll know what I'm talking about—husbands and wives. It may not happen all the time, but typically, especially with Karen and I, if, if I'm down one day, she's normally up, and she'll pull me along. You know what I'm talking about? If she's down, I'm normally up, and I can encourage her in the Lord. I don't know why it happens that way. Just I, maybe that's just a God-given thing. I don't know, but I'm glad it does because there, I, I got to be honest with you. There's times that I need a little encouragement from her. There's times that I just needed to grab my hand, so to speak, and say, hey, I know you're tired of walking. Let me just pull you along. Let me, just, let me just help you go along. See, as a child of God, you and I, that's what our job is for one another. And if I know that you're down and you know that I'm down, my job is to, is to try to encourage you, to pull you along with me, to lock arms with you and say, hey, everything's going to be okay. Let's move forward. Let's move forward. Another thing that we're bad at, and I'm—I'm—I—I'll be number one. When I'm down that way, Sister Ruth, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes I won't say nothing to nobody. I just feel like I got to go through it myself. But there's times that we need to get somebody—that's our brother and sister—go to them and say, "Hey, I'm in trouble." My mind's not right. My focus is not right. I need you to pray with me. I need you to help pull me along. There's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't mean that you're any less of a Christian. We need to get that. That's a lie of the devil. That's been a lie of the devil for years. Go to that person that you trust and you depend. Say, hey, whoever it may be, I, I just need prayer. I need support. I can't run my race anymore. I feel like I'm stalling. That person will pull you along pray with you and help you trying to encourage us this morning church whoever you may be in this house today whoever you may be in this house today stay in the game don't get out of the game don't get out of your Christian walk today get your Christian walk and you run with it run from those things, lay aside those besetting sins, lay aside those things that would hinder you, lay aside those things that would pull you back, lay aside that stuff And run with patience the race that is set before you. Amen. Would you bow your heads this morning? Hallelujah. 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 Father, I know you know my heart this morning. For some reason, Lord, there's there's something pulling on me this morning, oh God, for... Individuals that sitting in this house today. I don't know who they are. You hadn't revealed any of that to me. But, but God, there's something pulling on me that there's somebody that's in the balance today. There's somebody today, oh God, that's sort of teeter-tottering on this game of life that we've been talking about. There's somebody that's here this morning, oh God, and they've been wondering why. Why can... not things get any better why does it seem to always go this direction i can't find hope i can't find happiness i can't find peace of mind and father i'm asking you holy spirit i'm asking you this morning that you would go to where they are today lord right where they're sitting today could be on this main floor it could be up in the balcony wherever it may be oh god i pray that you go to where they're sitting today And I pray in the name of Jesus, oh Lord. In the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you do the work that I can't do. You do the work that I can't do. You do the work that I can't do in Jesus' name. Draw them, Father, we pray. Draw them, Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Karen, I want you to come stand up here with me. If you're here this morning this is my altar call to you I'm not going to prolong it if you're here this morning I want to meet you in this altar I want to pray with you I'm not saying that things will take care of themselves right now although God can take care of it right now there may be some things you have to take care of yourself but I am telling you that if you'll be obedient if you'll be obedient God will take you down the path that you need to go He'll give you the answers He'll give you the the answers to the questions you've been asking and you'll just simply follow Him that's what it's talking about. Run this race with patience. The race that is set before. If you're here this morning, in the balcony, on this main floor, you say, Pastor, that's me that you're talking about. I need help today. Doesn't mean you're a bad person. Doesn't mean you're a bad person. You just you've just fell among some some thorns. You fell among some, some, some bad stuff. You just need a little help to pull you and to encourage you. I want you to get up right now. And I want you to come and meet us here at this altar. They get ready to sing and play. Go ahead, Sister Michelle, if you don't mind. We're going to wait just a few seconds, just a few moments. But if that's you, I want you to come. I want you to come. Hallelujah.